Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the conversation. In the last episode, I talked about your circle of influence, and I directly quoted Jim Rohn, who said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That quote has always kind of bothered me. And I did say, you know, why five? You know, does it matter if it's eight? Or, you know, could it be three? This was actually a question that I tendered over to my other than conscious mind. I didn't know I did, but I actually, I, can't, I think I came up with a pretty good answer. Why five? But then the, the whole average thing, too, is how do you make that assessment? It's not very quantitative uh, to make that kind of assessment. It's more qualitative. It's more... I think it's more to instigate the idea that be careful of who you spend time with because they will influence you. Now, as far as five goes, if I was to pick five friends, let's say that I'm most concerned about financial information. So I want to hang out with other people that are investors or operating their own businesses. And you're hanging out with these people in order to learn, to expand your point of view, to have them inspire you. So why would you want five? Well, if you get one other person or two other people, more than likely, they would tell you something that they agree with. And even if you get a third, it's more than likely someone's going to agree with you. Now, if you get four, you can have two people that think one thing and two people that think another. But five represents a quorum. And a quorum is the the minimum number of people that would represent a majority inside a group. And so if you have five you could have more than likely four people that agree and one dissenter. And then if you find out why are they dissenting, then you actually have an additional point of view. You're more than likely, chances are, you're not going to get agreement across the board. And so if you have varied perspectives, you have a more balanced representation of that mindset, of that genre, of the topic. Now, I think I said, maybe I didn't say in this episode, but last episode I said, what's probably the spirit of this quote is to have intelligent conversations, conversations that expand your idea of who you are. And that the the more elevated the conversations, the more elevated your being. It calls more from you. I recently heard of a study, and I don't have all the facts, but I have the general gist of it. And that is if you put a high performer in a work group, someone that's positive, upbeat, getting things done, they focused on their work, it elevates the productivity of 80% of the people in the work group. By contrast, if you put somebody in the work group that doesn't do their job, that's a complainer, that's lazy, they gossip, that single individual will bring down the energy, will bring down the productivity of the entire work group. Just one bad apple will spoil the bunch. That's an aphorism that has a lot of truth to it. Now, I did end last episode with a quote from the Stoic philosopher Epictetus, who said, surround yourself with people who uplift you and that by their very presence inspire you to be the best you can be. And to me, that is the spirit of the quote from Jim Rohn, your circle of influence. The people around you will make all the difference. The communities and the conversations that you put yourself into, either by choice or by default, will 
determine how you're being in life. Or let's just say that they'll have a very strong influence on how you show up. Now, when I was at Michigan State, there was an interesting study. I spent a lot of time in the psychology department. They actually did a study in the men's bathroom and found, on average, only 20% of the men in the men's room washed their hands after doing their business. But if one person was washing their hands, if one person made a display out of you know washing their hands and getting the towel and really cleaning their hands, that 95% of the men would wash their hands before they left the bathroom. Now, when I say men, they're college kids. There was a time when I would think of them as adults, but for the most part, you're still kids. But that peer pressure of just having one individual in there really washing their hands as if they're getting all the germs off inspired 95% of the people to wash their hands. Unless you're very good at running your life, living your life from inner signals, surround yourself with people that will elevate your performance, elevate your quality of life, elevate your conversations. Now, also at the end of that episode, I just don't want to repeat that episode, but at the end of that episode, I said, and that's what today's episode is about, I said that I would share my perspective on utilizing circles of influence for up-leveling my game. I said a couple episodes ago, I stated I was reinventing my life, reinventing who I wanted to be. And what does that look like? I'm coming from the context that perhaps everything that I've done in the past has been worthless hasn't worked. Maybe it's not been anywhere near my capacity. At one point, I even said to myself, maybe it didn't mean anything. But that's not the truth. It means something. But I cannot base today, my performance today, on what happened yesterday, last week, 10 years ago. It doesn't matter that I've worked with 10,000 people. It doesn't matter that I've had that many students. It doesn't matter. What matters is who am I today? What am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to call forth? And so for the sake of my experiment in reinventing myself, I'm coming from the context that maybe, just maybe, I've gotten it all wrong. I think in the episode I said I was declaring a breakdown, like things aren't working here, it hasn't worked, hasn't ever worked, and maybe I've only eked out maybe 10% of what's possible. How do I access the other 90%? How do I access the next level? How do I become more of what I need to be, what I want to be? So part of our self-concept is that all we know is all we know. We don't know what we don't know. These are the blind spots. And we can only open up our blind spots by having conversations with other people. Conversations, especially conversations with people that are antithetical to the way we view the world. Now, one of the things I realized for myself is I'm going to seek out some new coaches. I've had coaches, mentors over the years, and they've expanded my perspective. Haven't had a coach in a little while. I'm going to seek out some new coaches. Someone that thinks differently from me. Someone that is doing something that I want to do out in the world. And I want their expertise. I want them to accelerate my progress. And this is the best way to utilize a coach, to actually have them see a coach, a good coach can ask you questions that you're not currently entertaining. They can give you a perspective, offer up a perspective, give you suggestions on things to do, how to be in the world that are different outside of your current story. And so just in my own self-reflection, I've identified so far three coaches that I would like to work with or consider working with, and I'm going to expand the list to about 10, and maybe I'll end up working with all 10 at some point, 
but I have to prioritize who do I want to work up with first because, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen spoil the broth. And so coaches, I'm going to seek coaches. I'm also going to consider mentors, teachers, people that are teaching what I want to learn. And, you know, there's a million courses out there and there's a million teachers and there's a course for just about anything you want to learn. And so there's some areas that I want to expand on. And I, I have to admit, I haven't yet identified all of my areas of opportunity yet, but I'm in the process of doing that. But I wanted to let you know that on the agenda is for me to find new teachers, new mentors. Now, this idea isn't something that's way off the beaten track for me because I regularly listen to new people. I sometimes allow YouTube, in its infinite wisdom of the algorithm, to suggest new teachers. And I'll follow rabbit holes. I'll follow intentional threads, pull on a thread here, and just see what unravels in order to discover what don't I yet know. What positions, what questions am I not asking? This is one way that I've used uh, AI, chat GPT, and asking, what are the top resources? What are the, who are the top 10 experts in said field? And then I'll start investigating their work. And sometimes I'll even have the, the AI summarize their position, summarize their philosophy. But I don't leave it there. That just gives me ammunition to dive deeper in a particular area. So here we are. I'm just reminding you that we're talking about the framework for utilizing your circle of influence to uplevel your game. So first and foremost, coaches, teachers, mentors. Also, what new conversations can you have that you're not currently having? I talked earlier about having conversations with people that think antithetically to you. For instance, if you're a Democrat, I would talk to a Republican or vice versa and have them sell you, teach you, what are you not seeing about their point of view? What don't I understand? What does it mean to be a Democrat? What does it mean to be a Republican? What are the concerns? What are the primary drives of where are we going wrong? And again, you ask these questions not with the intention to defend your position, but to learn what are the concerns on the other side. And maybe, just maybe, there's some food for thought. Now, personally, I don't swing one way or the other. I'm not Democrat. I'm not Republican. I see advantages to both positions. I also see some definite drawbacks from both positions. But these conversations that expand your point of view, that offer new food for thought, new considerations, are well worth your time. Now, you can also see, this is how I'm going to do it. I've decided that I'm going to employ the process of interviewing other people, interviewing them for the podcast. Now, I may include these interviews inside this podcast. Maybe I'll just do one or two interviews inside this podcast and create a second podcast with a different name, you know, and also put these interviews on YouTube. I'm looking at how many different ways can I expand this and expand these conversations. Because I have a list of at least a dozen people, at least a dozen people that I would like to have an in-depth conversation with. There's a lot of questions I would want to ask, some questions that I've not heard other people ask. This is one way I'm going to use this whole process of having expansive conversations to my advantage, to up-level my own growth, to expand my mind, expand possibility. And as I've suggested in the other episode, you can also do this on YouTube in other interview formats, podcasts. There are people that are interviewing billionaires, millionaires, experts, 
experts in health and well-being, experts in virtually any area that you're interested in. At no other time in history has it been so accessible to find people that know what they're talking about. There's also a lot of people that don't know what they're talking about, and it's up to you to be discerning in the type of information that you take in. Now, since we're in this idea about taking in information that is counter to what you currently know or counter to the narrative, because you actually want a variety of positions, a variety of thoughts, because that's how you learn. That's how we expand. Because you can get a bunch of people in agreement on something and they can all be wrong. I think 2020 really proved that to us. Now, something that happened under the helm of Trump when he appointed the FCC, the director of the FCC, and I don't know where he came from, but one of the first things that he did was to reverse the idea of a free and open internet. See, that used to be the law of the land. But in 2016, that was reversed. And it was said that Comcast, YouTube, Google, Facebook, that they could discern who they served and who they did not. They could limit the kinds of conversations that were made available. Before this, it was free speech. If you had an opinion, you had the right to say it, which I totally agreed with. But when this happened, I knew it would probably bring some problems. I didn't realize what it was going to do exactly. During the time that Trump was at the helm, it wasn't very noticeable, not until the Democrats came into power and that you really saw the limitations being put on free speech. Cancel culture started to take a whole new meaning. Doctors, people that had differing opinions, experts at what they did. They said, something's not right here. The science doesn't add up. And they were presenting just an alternative point of view. They say, let's ask them deeper questions here. And they were shut up. That's just one of the dangers in with the advent of the AI. And there's a lot of false news or fake news out there. There are narratives that are being pushed that aren't the truth. So discernment is probably called for more so than at any other time in history. In fact, Dr. Berg, who has had like 7,000 YouTube videos around health, alternative health ideas, alternative ideas using herbs and supplements and just a different approach to medicine. He was contacted by YouTube, who said that if any of his content is in direct opposition of the World Health Organization, that it may be pulled from the platform. And so they're forcing a particular narrative and they're cutting down your access to alternative health information. Now, at the time Dr. Berg posted this message or this announcement on his YouTube, he said none of his videos have yet to disappeared, but he has seen that the organic reach of his material had dropped significantly by a factor of 80%, meaning that the number of views on his material had dropped by 80%, which is unheard of. And what does that mean? It just means that you're going to have a more censored view of information. You may have to dig a bit deeper to get to relevant information for you because they are pushing a narrative. Someone is pushing a narrative. There was a time when you taught conspiracy theory and I would be heading for the door. But inch by inch over the last 10 years, and I've really become to question Who's in charge? What's going on? Why are many of our rights being taken away? Why has cancel culture been allowed to flourish? Now, 
you know, and I didn't really think I was going to say this, but, you know, free, I'll do a whole episode on free speech. Why free speech was so important? Why did the, the founding fathers of the United States push for free speech? What was life like under British rule? Why did the founding fathers push for free speech when it was impossible to fact check anything? They did so because they knew that the only way that a free society could flourish is by having disparate points of view, opposing points of view, many different points of view. The reason I'm bringing this up about cancel culture and having a lot of diverse opinions is this is how you grow. This is how we all grow. And I'll say it again. All you know is all you know. What you don't know, you don't know, you don't know it. I've talked repeatedly about confirmation bias. Once we believe something, we'll start accumulating the information, the evidence to support our hypothesis, our current knowing. Very seldom do we open up to new information that flies in the face of what we believe. But if you start having, purposely having conversations to consider the opposite opinion, maybe that other idea is true. Maybe you have it all wrong. Maybe I have had it all wrong. Maybe I only have a small perspective on what's possible. Until we actually question what we currently know and open up to some other idea that we might not yet be considering, we will not grow. We'll just be content in our own little pool. So what have I covered so far? We covered conversations that expand the mind, teachers, mentors, coaches. The other aspect is to consider your community. What communities are you in? What community are you currently in? And no matter, I guess, no matter what you're involved in, and you may not consider yourself to be involved in a specific community, but there is a specific realm of thought. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably in the consciousness-seeking growth environment, personal growth, the spiritual seeker. There's a common set of beliefs that are there. And so that is a community. Through this podcast, I've been creating a community. I want to expand that community. That's how I'm going to do this for myself, expand access to this conversation by putting you know different conversations on YouTube and expanding my presence on YouTube and on different social media platforms, which is not very natural to me. I'm not very, I'm not necessarily one to sit down in front of a camera. It was hard enough to actually sit down in front of a microphone when I first started this, talking out into the ether. I imagine you. I've I've spoken to enough of you that I have an audience that I'm speaking to. I have specific individuals that sometimes I address on specific topics. Not that you needed to hear that, but I just hold you in my mind so it feels as if I know who I'm talking to and I'm talking to you. But this is my current platform. You know, I started this in 2021. I started podcasting in 2020. I had sit, I sat on the fence for 10 years and I've enjoyed a certain number of listeners that have listened into the conversation, not to satisfy some egoic need. I have something to say. I want an expanded conversation out in the world. I feel as if I'm one of the people to deliver it. And this is the other thing about communities. You can, you can identify which communities do you want to play a leadership role in and which communities do you want to participate in? I've been a leader for many, many years. In fact, it is such a refreshing position for me to go to a workshop 
and sit in the seat and listen and learn and not have to, you know, not have to give my opinion, not have to stand up in front of the room, not to be on display, just to stand in the back of the room. It's such a shift in my perspective. I want to do more of that. But I also want to take on leadership roles where where I can make a difference. I don't know what one, one community that I'm looking at, and I just happened upon it because one of my clients is a Native American. And through my association with them, I become present to some ongoing situations, ongoing needs inside the indigenous population. And I want to help. I want to assist with that because I think I can make a difference. And not from the white man perspective, just human to human, I can make a difference. The other community I want to look at is youth leadership. In 2010, I was the executive director of a youth leadership program that took a group of of young adults to India for a month. We had eight weeks, nine weeks, nine weeks of instruction, and the process totally transformed their life. It expanded my life as well. And so I want to expand the conversation around youth leadership, ages 15 to 23, I think once you pass 23, you're stepping more into adulthood. You're taking on more adult responsibilities. And so that's kind of the the realm, the arena that I want to expand in. And I may not necessarily do most of the work, but I want to be an instigator inside that community. Another perspective on community, I want to take a look at different masterminds, people that are I guess, operating above me or in the realms that I want to operate in. They're already playing in that playground. I also want to play in those playgrounds because part of my mission is to make a difference. It's one of my biggest values, make a difference in the world. Not that I need the credit, but I want to cause waves. I want to cause ripples out into the universe. And so I'm taking the position that, you know, I haven't done anything yet. And I want to play a big game. You know, I have maybe, if I'm lucky, another 40 years. If I live to be 100, that'll be 2060. I think I can do a lot in the next 40 years. But I'm also interested in what I can do in the next five years, the next three years. And one of the ways I can do that is by being involved in a bigger conversation. People that are world movers, I guess. And it's one of those things, if I can't find the right group of people to be a part of, I'll have to create it and invite them in. This is what I have to say about community is because community can be declared. You can create a community out of nothing because you set the context, you set the frame of reference, and then you start inviting people in to have a conversation. One of my clients, Dawn Cook, started a nonprofit for women aviators. She's a captain of an airliner. And she wanted to change the conversation, change the face of aviation. Only about 10 to 20% of the aviators, the captains, the pilots out there are women, are female. And she thought the best way to do that was first start a nonprofit, start gathering people in. It's 14,000 members strong. One of the things that arose out of our conversations together was the idea of a discovery flight program. Now, a discovery flight is going up in an airplane with a qualified pilot, and they and they walk you through the process of inspecting the plane, getting the plane ready, taking off, and then once you're airborne, they hand the controls over to you, and you fly. You have the experience of flight, a discovery flight. You discover what is it like to be a pilot, and then the instructor will guide you through and land the plane for you. 
But that Discovery flight was one of the first experiences that Dawn had back when she was a teenager to discover or decide whether or not she wanted to be a pilot. She thought she would. She thought she wanted to be a pilot. Her mom was a stewardess. Her grandfather was a pilot. It was in the blood. And she had a teacher when she was asked, what does she want to do with her life? She said, I want to be an airline pilot. The teacher said, well, that's unlikely because she was female and she was a woman of color. And one of the things that I love about Dawn is you tell her no and she'll find a way to do it. And so her mother suggested, why don't you take a discovery flight? And so I suggested, why doesn't her organization sponsor a discovery flight program for girls 8 to 20? I think they're looking for a range younger. I say to 20, 23. But if you're the mother, the parent, the grandmother, grandfather of a young woman, it doesn't have to be a young woman, it can be a young man as well, sponsor a discovery flight for them. It's a couple hundred bucks. It covers the fuel, the instructor's time. They go up in a plane, the controls are handed over to them. They get to experience flight. Whether or not they go on to fly, become a pilot, doesn't matter. It shifts their confidence. They get to fly a plane. And so if you want to, if this appeals to you, if you want to learn more about it, contact me and I will put you in contact with somebody in your location or in your locale that can set you up with a discovery flight. Shortly after I talked to Dawn about this and we got this idea off the ground, I saw an interview of some woman who's an actress on Selling Sunset. It's some real estate realism show, reality show. Uh, I watched it and it's not that real, but uh, she's an actress on there. And she said in the interview, one of her greatest confidence building experiences was the discovery flight and then getting her pilot's license as a teenager. It transformed her life. One of the things that I just love about this, and I realize I'm kind of going on about this, but this is the whole idea of having conversations that make a difference. See, in this conversation, most people don't consider a discovery flight as an opportunity to to grow and as as an opportunity to expand your conception, your concept of who you are. And because you've been a part of this conversation, hopefully I've planted a seed, a seed of a new idea, an expanded possibility for someone in your life, some young adult, some young woman, some young man, gift them a discovery flight. Wouldn't it be amazing I can only imagine how they will feel once their feet touch the ground. So you can only guess there is a discovery flight in my future because I can hardly recommend something I've not done myself. And I have to say I haven't done one yet, but I will very, very soon. So communities, take an assessment of your communities. Now, your communities are not just like in your spare time. They're also the people you associate in the business world where you work. Are those conversations uplifting? Does your work, does your career feed you? Is there the opportunity for expanded possibility? Is there a position that you can move into? For instance, when I was at FedEx, I moved into a variety of positions. I was a spill cleanup hazmat specialist, pickup driver, swing driver, regular courier. I worked on different special work groups. I did whatever I could to expand my experience. And then when I felt I did all I could do, I went into management. And the main reason I went into management is to have a different conversation, to think different thoughts, work on different problems. 
because frankly, I was tired of having the same thoughts day in, day out. And you get anchored to different thoughts by the time of day, by where you are with who you're talking with. It seems somewhat cyclical. One day feeds into the next. And without these expanded possibilities, without new challenges, new new problems, new opportunities to think, you tend to acquiesce to your comfort zone. And so I really enjoyed the expansiveness of stepping into management, having a new conversation with myself and a conversation with others, handling new problems. And so that's one consideration. You could make a lateral transfer. If you don't actually want to leave a company, you could be, you could move laterally into a different position, a different department and have a whole new way of life. How I'm looking at this is I'm looking at the types of clients I work with on a regular basis. Now, I did set off on a path, and I'm doing a lot with subpersonalities, and that's a a path I'm going to see through, write the book, create a coaching program, and ultimately a course around that. But one of the things that has come out of my subpersonality program, I was working with another coach, and she told me, based on human design and my astrology and a lot of other factors, is that my position in life right now is that I'm in a perfect place to be a coach's coach, a teacher's teacher. And I found that intriguing. It actually fits where I feel like I am in my life. And so I'm beginning to explore that community, explore that conversation with those types of clients. But I did just mention about subpersonalities, and I want to see that through. So I want to also say, since I brought it up in this episode, didn't plan on it, but since it came up, I'm going to go with it. In, in November here, I'm going to begin a group coaching program, group coaching program with also some one-on-one access to me on integrating your subpersonalities, identifying, healing, working with, and integrating your subpersonalities into a unified whole. There is such a benefit to your life, and every person that has gone through it has seen stellar results in their life. They've been able to heal and integrate aspects of themselves that they never, ever thought they could heal. Well, like I said, that program kicks off in November. I'll be signing people up over the next few weeks. If you're interested, let me know. It is probably going to be the only time I do the group coaching program. We'll begin in November, take a couple weeks off around Christmas time and New Year's, and then continue on for the next six months. I'll support you every step of the way. I want everyone to experience a transformation. And after the group program, I'll be creating a self-directed course. And of course, the book will be available after the first year. The book will be all about subpersonalities, integrating the self, shadow work, many different dimensions, archetypes. And what I really haven't talked about yet is your ideal self, your probable self, your quantum self. How do you access your possible you and then bring that in and integrate it with who you are today? My goal with this is to take it to a level that has never been taken to before. And I'm pretty confident that I'm going to do that. Well, that's it for this episode. Hopefully, I've given you some different ideas, different approaches to implement the circle of influence in your life in a way that it up-levels your performance, up-levels your mind, up-levels who you want to be as a human being. Oh, one thing I didn't say, one thing I I forgot to mention, we're already part of a community. I already have friends. I have friends that I don't necessarily talk to on a regular basis. And so I'm making a list of the people that have been in my life in the past that I have lost contact with and I want to reach back out and reconnect. What's going on? And just have conversations to reconnect 
and to expand who I am. At the core of this conversation, one has to realize that we are a herd animal. We are meant and designed to be in relationship to others. And so those relationships, and even the relationships we don't have, shape who we are, define who we are. They shape our self-concept. And so you can use your relationships to sustain who you currently are, what's currently going on, or to move yourself into a whole new arena. How you utilize it is up to you. What's most important is that you be aware or have an awareness of what's currently in your life. What is the energy? What's the dynamic that's currently going on? Can you intentionally, consciously change it? Utilize it in a way. And I did say this, and I, if you don't listen to the previous episode, you don't want relationships or connections that are transactional in nature because that is short thinking. That's scarcity thinking. You want connections, conversations that are transformational in nature, not transactional. Too many people reach out or connect with others in order to get something. I want you to connect in order to give as well as receive. And in that dynamic, it's transformational. Well, until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure. <laughs>